1: It's Sam and Greg on this Sunday morning, top of the hour, 8 a.m. Good morning, Georgia. Morning. And a happy new year and good morning
2: to you folks in Sugar Hill. Okay.
1: Yeah. We're
2: expect- Almost up there by the lake. Almost uh-huh. to the lake. Almost to the lake. I know you know about that place. Yeah, up, there, up, 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 up there by the lake. Good morning, everybody.
1: Good morning up there in Sugar Hill. You know why I played the Tech coming back? Why is that? It was on this date, Sam, in case you don't remember... 1955. <laughs> it was on this date that Georgia Tech ended Kentucky's 130-game home winning streak. There you go. Well, that okay. was worthy of throwing out there. It was yeah. in it was in a list of things that happened on this day, and we you know we don't give enough love to Georgia Tech, especially if you talk to folks from Tech. So you know it's not anything you know on purpose. So I I try to make a point of acknowledging them every opportunity I can. Outstanding. And and this was a big one, don't you think? Very big, very big. Yeah, man. So you want to hear something that also happened on this day? What else? I I just read this and I went, I got to mention this. 1902, that you New York, the city of New York, actually passed a bill criminalizing men. Now, everybody's going to laugh because we know how much this is part of today. But they would arrest ticket or whatever they did in 1902 to men who were caught turning around on the street and looking at women. And as they put it in that way, in that way, in that way, if you turned and looked at a woman in that way, you, you, you got, you were a criminal according to New York. Yeah, I don't know if... They didn't say whether it was a fine or jail or whatever, but mm. you couldn't turn around and and get nobody. No look. When women passed you by. Man. That bill didn't make it to Bankhead Highway, apparently. But it's just... I saw that and I couldn't sigh. I had to say something. Listen, seriously, let's uh, let's change gears here because, Sam, we did find uh, an official to come on and help us out and and, and talk about the way that anybody if they would like to that or need to can take classes all of the stuff that we watched unfortunately Monday night play out on the um, on the field with uh, damar Hamlin and and it got the conversation started about not just the lack of equipment, emergency equipment on the sidelines, on the college level, more importantly, that it's pretty much non-existent on the high school level. So you obviously brought that up. We talked about it a little bit um, yesterday. And one of the things I remember you and Eric talking about was it wasn't just getting the equipment. It was getting people certified, getting them ready, and knowing how to use the equipment, correct?
2: That's the main thing. I mean, a lot of people, and just knowing people, just knowing what they can do in that, in that situation.
1: So we want to get Chief Brandon on, but I just, as I read to you, he is... uh he's indisposed at this moment man he sent me a picture of this car off the side of the road holy sh- Nikes. um but he did put us in touch with Paulin County Fire Division Chief Jeff Groom who was on the phone right now good morning Jeff and morning. thank you for joining us sir good morning guys how are you we are, we're doing fine. We need some perspective here. We need some enlightenment. We're going to uh, have you tell us really quick about where we could, if need be, uh, take these classes and, 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 and learn this, um, learn the procedures in place so we can help. Yeah, I mean, you never know when you're thrust in that situation. But let me start with this question to you. You watched the game on Monday night. You yes, sir. being in the position that you're in, did you know what was going on even though the cameras weren't focused on the player, but you you know, you're, you know saw the, the responses from the other players as they looked down. Um, how much did you know what was going on, even though we couldn't see it was happening?
3: Watching the play, I had a pretty good idea that he had taken a, a good hit to the chest and uh, watching him fall to the ground, I had a pretty good idea that he had probably gone into cardiac arrest and uh, uh, had a condition that we call commotio cordis. Say that again commotio Cortis,
1: and that is which, happens it's when? A,
3: the Latin translation is a agitation to the heart uh it's a, when somebody gets a, a strike to the chest, uh, usually we see it more in like baseball uh we're starting to see it a lot more in lacrosse as it has become more popular
1: Sam I don't know if you want to jump and go ahead. I,
2: no, but I mean that that's something that uh, we've seen the description and the and the title for it. you watch that happen um and I don't know how much you knew about preparation for that, but you had to have been really pleased to see that uh, the, the National Football League has a plan in place at all of their stadiums uh, when something like that happens.
3: Absolutely. Uh, most of the professional sports um, keep uh, medical staff really close by. Of course, uh, most of the big teams, uh, baseball and football, have uh, physicians there on the sidelines or in the
1: dugouts. Again, we're talking to uh, Pauline County Fire. Division Chief. Y'all got a long title, man. I hate to get your business cards. You got a long title here. <laughs> Jeff Groom joining Sam and Greg here. At Sports Radio 92.9 The Game, 92.9thegame.com. All right. Instead of going backwards, let's say that there are high schools, uh, counties around the area who have decided we need to get up on this thing, and we need to know what we need to do. So somebody places a call to you guys, to your offices. Mm-hmm. They get you on the phone they want to know what they need to do first to get started what is the procedure What is how do you start telling them what to do where to come and the classes they need to get started with if they want to be able to at least be somewhat up to date on the procedures that are needed when medical emergencies happen
3: well uh it's really pretty simple uh just learning cpr uh, is one of the biggest things in, uh, that you can do to help somebody in that particular condition. Uh, compressions and uh, ventilations. Uh, attending an uh, American Heart or another uh, type of CPR class, uh, we teach them. Uh, there are multiple places. Uh, most of the uh, ambulance services, uh, there are some, uh, also some schools out there that teach CPR. And uh, that's the biggest thing, is knowing that. And then, of course, uh, having an AED available. Um, for those teams is, is a absolutely vital.
2: Yeah. You mentioned having the, 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 uh, the defibrillator there and, and you would see that if you go to a school, I mentioned people, if you go to a gym or you go to a stadium, you usually see it, you know, placed somewhere prominently where you can see it. It's just a matter of knowing people know how to operate it. Right.
3: Absolutely. And, uh, you know, every CPR class, uh, that, uh, is taught, uh, the AED is, a uh, is a big component of that class, and so uh, yeah, getting to know CPR. And it's not just people that are uh, associated with sports teams. Um, everybody should learn um, at some point. Uh, most people in their lives are going to have somebody that goes into cardiac arrest
1: around them. How long does the class take? I mean, when somebody. And by the way, do you get a certificate of some sorts to let the folks know? I'm in. I'm in. Fulton County. I'm in Pauldon County. I'm working with X, you know, school X, and I want to let the people know that I am trained in this. Is there a certificate that's given out after the class?
3: Yes, it's a, it's a, it's a certified class. Um, and, uh, it's, it's, uh, pretty easy. Uh, like I said, just uh, getting in contact with somebody and uh, taking the class.
1: How, how long does it take?
3: Uh, just, just a day. Um, uh, most of the classes for, for the average person that's not in the healthcare profession, uh, just a, a, a good portion of their day. Uh, it's a lot of practice. Uh, practicing on mannequins, you'll actually get to use an AED um, and see how they work. Uh, they, the, the AEDs tell you everything so that in the heat of the moment, um, you don't have to remember, the, the AED will tell you what to do next.
1: Sam, and I want to ask one more question here about this because everybody's trying to get defibrillators. That's that's the goal, even on high school level. Now, whether they get the, the money or not, eventually they will all try to get defibrillators on the sidelines. Having said that, when this happened last week, the stories came out, the connections to various sports. Jeff talked about lacrosse and, and baseball being one, but the one I didn't know about was in hockey. There was a doctor they had on one of the channels, and this dude had saved two people, two athletes. And one of them was Chris Pronger from the Red Wings. And it happened in 96 when Red Wings and Avalanche were going back and forth, and you know they were the big dogs in hockey. But when it happened to Chris Pronger, they, he didn't have a defibrillator, but yet they brought him back to life. And this dude, or brought, you know, got him breathing again, I shouldn't say back to, back to life, but he didn't have, this doctor didn't have the defibrillator. And my question is, is it just a series of pounding on somebody's chest as hard as you can uh, to get them up and running again? Is that what happened? Because, again, the second time it happened to this guy, he had the defibrillator and they brought the player back. His That player's issues uh, had him retire. Chris Pronger went on and played for like seven more years. My question is, if you don't have that equipment with you, is it, does it vary as far as the pounding on the chest of the person to get that heart beating again?
3: Uh, it can have an effect on it. Uh, but just doing CPR and being able to circulate the blood around in the body, uh, keeps the person, uh, viable and, uh, so, yeah, it, it could be just the compressions, uh, but the most important part is doing compressions and, uh, of course, having the defibrillator available. That is uh, the textbook way to, to correct that problem.
2: This has been great information this yeah. morning. We appreciate you, you, you spending this imp- time with us, giving us information about what all of us can do because I think that's what uh, Monday night left a lot of people feeling kind of helpless. What can we do? Uh, you can learn to do this so if someone around you Uh, that you know or even if you don't know but there's someone around you suffers uh this type of arrhythmia and and
1: by the way sam i don't know this jeff can obviously answer this you know how much a defibrillator costs i mean i don't know do you is are they expensive i don't know how much they are to be (laughs)
3: honest Uh, that's a good question um i do know that uh in some cases um there are um, programs out there to get aeds uh for folks and uh you know, that's a good question. I don't know.
1: That's right. Well, you guys get them given to you, so you don't have to pay, the, you know, you don't have to worry about the cost as long as you know how to use them. But I was curious about that because we talk about the money or lack thereof on the high school level, how much these cost. But then again, we also talk about relationships between high schools and counties and, and, and uh, medical facilities and hospitals and things like that. And maybe there's some sort of donation involved here, possibly. You know, I just think okay. that everybody's stepping their game up now that this has happened.
3: Absolutely. And uh, like I said, it's important for people to go get uh, trained in CPR. Everyone needs to go get trained in CPR and know how to work in AED. They're everywhere nowadays in the stores, uh, at the ball games uh, often. And uh, yeah, go get trained in CPR.
1: Paulding County Fire Ch- Chief. Wait, wait. I got that right? Because it's such a long <laughs> title. Paulding County Fire
2: Div- Division, Division Chief. Chief. There you go. Division Jeff Chief. Groom. We
1: can't thank you enough, man. Thank you very much for coming out and giving us this information. Thanks
2: so much. All right, you guys be safe.
1: Enjoy the rest of your day. Yeah, we want, We've we been trying to get this information, Sam, delivered to our audience for a couple of days. We want to find the right person. And so, we, again, it's all about, you know, it's all about getting the information we can from the right people. So Absolutely. So we wanted to throw that out there. Yeah.
2: You ready to talk to Tiffany? Oh, uh, sure.
1: Yeah, but She's going to come up next here, Tiffany Blackburn. She's usually see her on the sidelines with ESPN doing games. We're going to have her join us and tell us what she knows about TCU as we get ready for the national championship tomorrow night. It's Sam and Greg, Sports Radio 92.9 The Game, 92.9thegame.com. Take us with you on the Odyssey app.
2: Radio, 92.9 The Game, 92.9 The Game.com. Sam and Greg with you on this Sunday morning. Nine floors up in the Kia Studios. Clouds gathering. There's some rain coming through here uh, today. I don't know how that affects people if they're tailgating, uh, counting down to the Falcons and the Buccaneers coming up later on today here on Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game. Be able to hear that game as the Falcons finish up this season. Uh, speaking of tailgating, apparently there will be no tailgating at the National Championship game tomorrow night in Los Angeles. I don't I don't know about that, you know, why that's a, an issue or a problem, but George is going to be there <laughs> and TCU is going to be there and they're going to play this big game uh to decide who the national championship will be and someone who's had a chance to watch one of these teams up close and personal last week Jones is now on the waitforit.com hotline. Tiffany Blackman been covering sidelines this season for ESPN and is gracious enough to join us some uh this morning. Tiffany, good morning. Morning. Ha- happy New Year to you. Yeah, that too. <laughs> Hey, good morning and Happy New Year!
1: <laughs> How? What's it like out there? I mean, you you know you're are you out, you're out there in L.A. and, and... Uh,
4: No, I'm actually not. Um, I uh, this was the I I knew going into it I would just do the playoff game and then I actually flew on a red eye to cover Mississippi State's uh, bowl game. So I am tapped <laughs> out and I am glad I'm at the finish line. Uh, it was a fun season. I will be watching it from my couch. And, that, yeah, those are my, my big plans for the game. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> Sam's going to ask you what the menu is in just a little bit here. But when you were uh, out there watching TCU, <laughs> were you surprised? I mean, obviously it's it's hard for people who do this on, throughout the course of a season. You watch game after game after game. Uh, you probably didn't know at that time being they'd be sitting where they are right now. But what were your thoughts on TCU overall?
4: Yeah, um, I didn't have one of their games during the regular season. Um, but I got to spend the whole week with them. Uh, leading into that playoff game, and I, I personally was not surprised. Um, you know, it was really interesting that, you know, in talking uh, with, with Coach Dykes, you know, he was telling us 90% of his team had never even been to a bowl game. So it's like not, not even a bowl game, and then you're in a playoff game. Um, but I really like the approach that they took to it. Um, the vibe was just loose at practice. I mean, they, they made a, a strong emphasis to keep things the same. That was a big point of focus for them. Uh, and like, like Coach Beck said, what you don't know, you don't know. And I think that really worked to their advantage uh, coming into a big game on a big stage like that against a good Michigan team.
2: Fantastic spending time talking with Tiffany Blackman. And talk about, as you watch that game, um, everybody felt like Michigan was the team that they were going to be able to, to manhandle them. Uh, the physicality would be different with them being tested with a Big Ten schedule. And everybody talks kind of sneered at uh, TCU because of the the Big Twelve schedule. It felt like you know, yeah. it, and so thoughts about seeing that and how that acted out during the game.
4: Um, yeah, I mean that when we sat down with the coaches in our meetings um, and the defensive coordinator um, Joe Gillespie. I mean, yeah, it was they were well aware that everyone was like, okay, it's the Big Twelve. Like, how are they going to stack up against uh, this Michigan run game? And so I know you know, talking with Gillespie, a big point of emphasis was then was trying to just withstand the initial onslaught of that run. Um, once Michigan gets going, you know, they're going and it's hard to stop and their defense, I mean, came out D winters. I mean, they came out and played, um, and they really stood up pretty strong, um, early on in that game. And obviously let up, you know, towards the end, but, uh, when you got a guy like, like Max Duggan on your side, who, what they've had like, uh, they won five, um, games this season where they were trailing in the second half. So that's just kind of what they do is come back. Um, and that's what they were able to do in that game after the defense held up and offensively, you know, Max loved the guys and, you know, they did their thing. Um, I think a really big thing for TCU was they could not say enough about their strength and conditioning coach, um, Kaz Kazadi. And, uh, I mean, the guys were just, it's, it's yeah, it's Coach Dykes, but they really got into the mental aspect of the game. Um, which I hadn't really been around a team before that talked that much about what their strength and conditioning coach did for them in terms of just the mentality uh, and how they were kind of just built if they had to come back because they could dial in uh, to the things that he taught them, uh, just perseverance and, and things of that nature. You know, they were able to come to, to be able to, uh, you know, hold up in this game.
1: That is Tiffany Black. Exactly. Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to step on your lines. No,
4: that's okay. That,
1: that, again, it will start again. That is Tiffany Blackman, ESPN sideline reporter, (laughs) joining Sam and Greg, Sports Radio 92.9 The Game, 92.9thegame.com. All right, so you didn't see – So if I ask you to think back on the games you did cover this year – who are a couple teams that you thought, you know, I'm looking at a team that's probably going to be in the playoffs, or, or hope, you know, I think they'll ascend through possibly national champ. I don't know, but you were very impressed with them when you saw them.
4: So I'll tell you what. I mean, early on, I had uh, I had USD, and of course, I mean, it was against Arizona State. They had obviously gone through the coaching change uh, with Herm Edwards, um, but I will say, I mean, Caleb Williams obviously won the Heisman, um, looked amazing in that game. Um and really rode them to win. So that was a that was a team I for sure thought, okay, you know, they're they're gonna have a shot. Like they're probably gonna be in the conversation towards the end of the year, which was not the case. Um I'm trying to think of another team too. Um I haven't had my coffee yet, so um, <laughs> but uh but I did enjoy watching uh Oklahoma State again Early. All these games were just early on in the season when right. you really thought a lot of these guys were going to be contenders, but I was out there. Um, I had a lot of Pac-12 games this year, and then some, um, some big 12 games as well, Texas and Texas Tech. Uh, didn't really anticipate Texas really being in that conversation at all, but I think definitely USC for me, um, just getting to see them up close and personal in that game that Arizona State was playing competitively in. Um, but again, you know, watching Caleb Williams do Caleb Williams things was was pretty remarkable.
2: That's remarkable. <laughs> you you saw uh, two of the Heisman finalists, I suppose. You got to see him yeah. because we're going to see another one tomorrow night with Stetson Bennett being in this game uh, against TCU. Well, thoughts about you know this, this TCU team and their receivers. So a lot of people talk about you know Georgia's defense and what they have to do. And last week, you know, they were obviously dealing with a talented receiving core. Uh, with, with with Harrison and, and, the, and the group from Ohio State. Now they have another one, and, and tall receivers. Um yeah. us about what you remember about their, their receiving group that they're going to be facing tomorrow night from TCU.
4: Yeah, Quentin Johnson is the guy. Um, he had dealt with an ankle injury, a high ankle sprain, um, like for pretty much all through the second half of the season. He was really candid and open about that. Um, but he felt, he felt good and recovered, um, and he's just, I mean, a threat, especially uh, as you know Max was telling me too, in the intermediate game. We know he's great with a deep ball, um, but it's what he does in the short game for them, like turning a, a five-yard route into like a 15-yard gain. Um, something else I really liked in my, in my conversation with him was he grew up loving basketball, and so he now applies – what he learned in basketball to football, so it was actually really cool seeing him make a play and kind of post somebody up. He said he studied the Olajuwon, and that's what he does in the game. I think you can probably be on to look out for that. Um, you know, should he make some big plays uh, uh, tomorrow night? But I thought that ability just to translate another game into football um, and then actually see it, tra- you know, transpire on the field was was really cool. But yeah, he's he's our go-to guy.
1: Hi, Sam. We have okay. we have broke we have dissected this game. We have broken it apart enough. I want to get to the important stuff here. Okay. First of all, let is let's acknowledge the the journey that Tiffany has taken. And she has found herself, I would say, at the top of the food chain. She's working for ESPN. Before that, she was an NFL network. And she's probably got some thoughts about covering NFL versus college. We can get into that another time. What folks don't <laughs> what folks don't know is that The football talk doesn't end when she puts the mic down. Her daddy played in the NFL. Oh, yeah. And not only that, he played against a certain team from Chicago and the 85 Bears. We won't talk about how that turned out. Played for the New England Patriots. (laughs) Really what I want to get to, though, Tiffany, in all seriousness, is what's the the football conversations like in your house? Hey, the parents got to be proud as can be where you are doing the job that you do. So, that aside, you got to go back and forth with your daddy when it comes to football and opinions.
4: You know what? What's actually really cool is we shut it off. Um, So, it's it's actually quite the opposite. I know I'm not giving you what you want, but (laughs) um, you're giving us what we want. (laughs) (laughs) We will go back and and chat from time to time. Um, But, for like over different games, and, you know, I'm always able to, if I see something, especially with, with NFL stuff too, like if I saw something or. Uh, you know, wanted to confirm something that a coach had said to me. You know, I could always go to him um, and just kind of, you know, bounce it off of him. But for the most part, even just growing up uh, with, a, you know, coaches and dad, uh, it, it shut off when he got home. Uh, and so it was great. Like, he would come to my soccer games when he could. Um, and so that was always, like, a good time. And then even now, um, you know, most of the time I, I joke around that he's become a stage mom. So he's more like, hey, why, why, why are you not getting your – why you not I get your nails done? And I'm like, that is not really my, like, you know, not really my speed. So I'm like, I never anticipated that. Which <laughs> has so. been probably yeah. the most fun part of it. <laughs>
2: wow. Wow. It's, it's up to folks. We're spending some time with Tiffany Blackman. She's a local product, folks. I mean, um, graduated from North Gwinnett High School and also uh, Georgia State University, where she was an outstanding soccer player. Yeah. And she is social. You can find her on Twitter. At Tiff Blackman, all lowercase. At Tiff Blackman, all lowercase. If they had girls' flag football now, would you? I, I, I'm pretty sure you would. You would. And do you do you envy the girls now that they have an opportunity to play their version of the game?
4: Um, I don't know if I. I, I yes and no. Um, I I played pretty hard when I played soccer. I don't know if you guys watch a lot of women's soccer because the guys are. I don't think are as intense as we are. Um, <laughs> we tend to play more aggressive, so I may have. Uh, maybe throwing a few bodies <laughs> um, back, in, back in my day. So I would love to probably hit somebody. If I could play football, I forget the flags. Um, I'd probably like to make a, make a tackle. I kind of played that way. Look at <laughs> this. Like we got soccer.
1: Rick Mahorn on the phone here. <laughs> 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 Go ahead, Tiffany. <laughs> so you got a lot I lift of cards. Heavy.
4: I lift heavy and I box. So, yeah. That's... that's uh, Wait, wait, wait! wait,
1: wait, wait. We, she just glossed over that. Did what? you say you boxed? was well, she
4: boxes um, now. I box with, with my trainer from time to time, but mostly like just as conditioning. So I do oh, like okay. to throw some punches, but I prefer to just—I like to lift heavy weights. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't want to throw out, a- out my deadlift weight on air, you know. But
2: yeah.
4: That said, three eighty-five. So i will just
2: leave it see, at that. <laughs> see, see, if you follow this lady on IG, then, then, then you you see some of this because she, <laughs> she puts some of that out there just to show you what she does when she works out. Well,
1: <laughs> what, what teams or, or, or what 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 opportunities would you like to do that you haven't had a chance to? Now, all right, you made it. You made it to the four-letter network there, and you're you're doing the games that they have. But if you if you had your wish, where w- would you like to land next, or or the type you of know, games you'd like asked to call?
4: This a lot. Um, I get asked this a lot, but I, um, I'm a just go with the flow. You can ask anybody. I mean, I pack last minute. I always make my flights. Um, I, yeah, I'm just kind of, I guess I sound like an athlete. I hate these answers, but you know, I'm just taking it one game at a time. So, uh, I'm having a good time doing what I'm doing. I love it. Um, this is the most fun I'd say I've had, uh, in my career. Um, I always wanted to be on the sidelines and, get to be in on the action. Maybe that stemmed from going to – sometimes getting to go to work with my dad but never getting to be on the field. My brother always got to do that, and I was always so jealous of him. Um, wow. But, yeah. yeah, no, I think, um, you know, whatever challenge or anything else comes up next, I, I'm up for it. I've covered all sports. I love all sports. Um, but, yeah, right now I'm just in, enjoying myself uh, and having a really good time.
2: Fantastic. And she's just kicking her heels up right now, relaxing, and she's going to watch the game like all the rest of us tomorrow night. Uh, because Mm -hmm. they had her out there scrambling all last week (laughs) at the Fiesta Bowl. I was everywhere. (laughs) You did fantastic work. Also great work with the Celebration Bowl uh, as well. Thank you so much. Fantastic. Always great to catch up with you. Thanks so much for spending some time with us this morning.
4: Tiffany, thank you. Thank you guys. Thank you guys for having me. I appreciate time.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, she got uh, – the one question I was curious about, I did want to ask her, is what her old man thinks of Tom Brady. Yep when his know. name comes up. I yeah. mean, the guy played for the Patriots for five, six years, he got to have some kind of opinion about the dude who came in there right after he left.
2: Well, right. well not
1: right after, but, you
2: know. Well, but he's he's kind of in town today.
1: Well, maybe we'll give him a call.
2: Yeah, you know, has <laughs> to get, well, no, we're going to bother him. He's got yeah. something to do with the Falcons around <laughs> 1 o'clock.
1: <laughs> and we're going to talk about that and the lineup you have coming up here on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game, 92.9 The Game.com.
2: with a little bit
1: for few and she can come to this got to do it. got to do it Sports Radio 929 the game 929thegame.com it's Sam and Greg on this 8th day of January does it feel like January at you Sam no but it,
2: but it is that's what the calendar says
1: <laughs> this is one of those times where it actually kind of does because we're on the back end. Like it's the deep breath you take after the holidays and we're past our birthdays. You and I, we have to celebrate early in January. Yeah. So now that that's all behind us. Yeah. It, it, it it's like, <sighs> cause see again, for you just tuning in, Sam and I, we go through like everybody else, you know, Christmas and, and holidays and spending gifts and, coordinating things and spending time with family. And then right afterwards, New Year's Eve. Then after that, everybody else, for the most part, is, is gone about their business and starting a new year. Sam and I got one more celebration we have. And that first week in January, both of our wives have a birthday. Mm-hmm. So we we, we we can't lower our radar at that point. We, <laughs> we got to keep it in tune and, and what's going on and make sure we got all our ducks in a row. And we do that. Now that that's over with, that's why I'm saying It's exhale time. You get focused on, you know.
2: Well, speak, speak for yourself. Well, you know, exhale a little bit. We got that that, that Hallmark holiday coming up in February. Well, okay. See, now here's the thing. I don't worry about that one. And then then our anniversary is in March. Oh, it is, okay, well, that's a And that's then we a take thing. a break for April, and then in May, that's Mother's Day. I'm just saying. No, Mother's just, Day, I got so, you on so, that one. So, I don't worry so, about so, so, I mean, that's, that's you know, that's. that's. Um, I,
1: I do not worry yeah. about Valentine's Day. Okay. Because I build up enough equity throughout the course of the year because I am the original uh, JB. In fact, I believe I invented that just because. Okay. And so it don't I do, cost me. Do
2: some just because, but folks are still looking for something. So Well, we do, we do
1: but if here's the thing. If you forget, you've got equity built up. If you have to work, for like you could be maybe out of town covering, you know, back in your TV days. So you're not around February 14th. So, you know, people can't get mad at you. But if you forget and you have in March or in, in, in June or in August or in November and October, you grab someone you leave in public some flowers and you bring them home and you stick them in the, in the kitchen. That's that's easy. That, that's to me, that's knucklehead stuff because see that just, you know, it just helps. It just really does. That's what I found. I'm trying to find things at this point in life that just help. Oh yeah. They don't hurt. They help. And, and, and bring home some flowers. It ain't got to be roses, just an assortment and, and stick them there in the, fr- on, on the on the counter in the kitchen and you're good to go. So when you miss or forget or something has you, you know, and away from buying some
2: flowers on on Valentine's
1: Day, you're good to go.
2: Yeah, that may not be flowers. It may be some other stuff you may do.
1: Well, I can't do no chocolate no more. And people yeah. don't eat chocolate around here. Yeah. Everybody's looking at their waistline and all that stuff. So, hey, you know what? Before we get on out of here and turn things over to the pregame show, or again, why don't you do the rundown? Because I don't have it in front of me of what follows us when we get out of here at nine o'clock. Or are you scrambling for Eric to give it to I'm you at this things point? Too. I'm looking
2: at some, some things and I think we have. What? What do we? What, wait for it. That's right. Wait, wait for it. But who's who's out there? Okay, okay, gentlemen, we can come back to that. No, no, <laughs> John, John thought, and Joe Patrick. Okay, are out there to wait for a tailgate show, and then of course we have the Falcons pre- pregame show, and then we have the game. All right. You know, Thank you. As we have going, going on, we have – All a, day long. And we got, I'm, I, we we got the Hawks. We got the Hawks coming up tonight. Hawks-Clippers uh, pregame, 8.30, tip at 8. And the Sunday night football game will be on WAOK uh, tonight. And, of course, that's Detroit and Green Bay.
1: Next week, at some point, I would imagine you and I are going to talk to Karen uh, Pustina. Yep. And that is because the first Grand Slam – in tennis is about to happen and the difference between last year and this year is the number one player in the world will be there as opposed to last year now when he's playing
2: i ain't gonna be tuning in number one
1: is he number one he ain't number one, ain't one, number no? one. no that makes me feel good that he's not i thought he was still number one. but the one. number
2: one player won't be playing
1: help me out with that Al- i thought i thought
2: joker was still number one alcaraz um, uh is the number one c and he is um He's got an injury, and he's going to miss Australian Open. There are a number of people right now who are sliding out of this event, by the way. Naomi Osaka, a name that we barely mention these days, has withdrawn. Um, You know, She's a a two-time champion from the Australian Open. Her her ranking has dropped down to like 47 in the world these days. Yeah, she didn't have a good 2022. Um, So she has pulled out of Australian Open. Uh, Venus Williams, I think, had gotten a wild card in, but she is not going to play... Either, I mean, Serena's sitting this thing out. She's a, she's at home sitting back, you right, know, with, with the baby. Uh, but but um, Venus did get a wild card to go and play. She's not going to play now. The players have been over there. I talked with a number of players who are you know from the area who have been there. They, I mean, they leave like Christmas night. They have dinner with their family and hop on the jet. They go over. They they have to to get ready. They get you know acclimated, acclimatized. It's summertime. Right. There. Yeah, no, you're it's right. Summertime there. And so one of the tune up events uh, in Auckland, Coco Golf. Uh, won, that, won that tournament. So it's a WTA event that she wins, so it gets her some momentum going into the Australian Open that she was able to win that. There's an event called the United Cup, which is a team competition. The different nations have a different team. And the United States team won United Cup, and one of the people on there is an Atlanta native uh, Alicia Parks, uh, who cracked the top 100 late last season. She's like number 75 in the world. Uh, so keep an eye out for her this season. Uh, if you're watching the, the tennis tour, some of your home folks out there, you know, climbing the ladder on the tour and she was part of the United Cup team and they win that. So that's off to a good start for them. So that's uh, something to, to watch for as we get set for the qualifying rounds to go this week. And then next week, uh, we'll check in with Karen Pristina as they get set to start uh, playing the matches for the first uh, major of the year.
1: Why do you feel like they're backing out? In, in, in the way oh, they
2: I, I, I don't know what's going on with, you know, with, with Naomi Osaka. I, I don't know, but, but I know what, with is is an injury.
1: I, listen, a major is a major. You can say what you will about Australia and, and going down there, as you said, turning your body clock around because it is summer down there. But I guess it's kind of the price of doing business because it just seems like folks don't, just don't want to go and take that, that long flight. To go down there, but well, if no, you want to I mean, start accumulating majors, there,
2: that, that's, that's that, I mean, you majors, you are there, you 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 yeah. got endorsements, your you endorsement folks expect you to show up. Now she may not play, but I'm uh, talking about Naomi Osaka, but I'm sure I I'm promise you she's down there, she's gonna make some appearances. And uh, what's so happened with her too lately? Um, just different things, and really not playing up to the standard of what we've been expected expecting for, her. and maybe she's having trouble regaining that form. You know, we'll see this year. We'll see what happens with her.
1: It's funny too because it seemed like right after she had acknowledged the struggles that she has. I mean there was that there was that moment uh, on court um where she was was it her consoling was that the, the two was it Naomi and and um Coco. Coco, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh how she was consoling her after she beat her but it just seems like at that point she you know when she stopped talking to the media as much and and just not playing as much and struggling with that. And my thing is, why did it all of a sudden trigger? In other words, did the success that she was accumulating from um, these matches, is that what brought the the mental struggles that she has to the forefront? Because it seems like since then, that's when the spiral has started.
2: Uh, it could be. I mean, that, that that's a lot of the expectation. I mean, and you look up and you're the highest paid female athlete on the planet, you know, just like that. And people are tuning into your story. People are finding out more about you. And it's one thing to get there; something else to maintain it. And so that's the, I, that's, I the, so. that's what makes you appreciate what you've seen with the Williams sisters uh, to get to that level and maintain it for so long. It's not any. And they made it look kind of easy. They made it look kind of effortless. And you know, but uh, it's not an easy thing to do.
1: Sam and Greg, sports radio, 92, nine, the game, 92, nine, the game.com. We will be back with you uh, next Saturday and Sunday, but getting ready for a full day of uh, action here, but the Falcons are about to shut things down for this season. And as you approach this game today, man, your thoughts on, I mean, if we have to give it a grade or however you want to look at it, but despite what happens today, win or lose against Tampa Bay, your thoughts on the season in total for you.
2: Yep. Yeah, um- They've been positive this season. They've been positive this season. I mean, and it's gone better than we thought um, to me. I mean, it gave a lot of people some hope. when We got off to a fairly decent start and were close in some games and nobody else in the division looked like they wanted to win it. It made us all think, hey, can we still make playoffs with this thing? And, um, you know, no, that's that's not happening, and I'm not disappointed. That's not happening. But You did want to see some progress and see some people who are going to be part of the foundation of this, you know, what's coming up with this team. And I think we've seen some people step out and emerge and show themselves that. An offensive line that we thought was going to be just awful this year has shown that they can go out and pave the freeway now. They can go out and pave uh, Mm I-20 for for, for the running game. they got to work on their pass block. But the run game, uh, they've proven that they can be one of the best in in, in the league. So that part we we like. We get our tight end back healthy uh, to start the season, Um, you quarterback have we seen enough from this quarterback I think that's the biggest question to say we're going to start the season with him as the starter next year I'm good with Uh, that you know you're going to do that who do you bring in as a backup to him then um, to be like a a mentor if you will a veteran that's what I feel we will probably do if we're not going to draft one of these guys that are that are out there that some people think may be franchise quarterbacks of the future so we got those things established we got a running game established do we want to draft another running back the guy, now, if he can have a, a day, I think over 100 yards, a little over 100 yards today, he can have, be a 1,000 yard running back. That's going to be hard for, for him to do today against a running a, a defense like Tampa Bay. But we'll see what happens. At 1 o'clock, they're going to line it up, kick it off, and he's going to give it a shot.
1: And you wonder how many people from Tampa Bay they're going to sit because they already got the division. So they ain't got to worry about nothing. But Brady says he's going to play.
2: We've heard all week that they're going to play. We've heard all, all week right. that they are going to go out and they're going to play ball today. We will see. You know, maybe they burst there for the start. Maybe they treat it like a preseason game. Go out and see what they do for the first quarter or so and dial it back. We'll see.
1: Skill position players on this team have impressed. I'm feeling good. Um, London, you talked about the uh, running game, Algira, and, and and I'm good with what I've seen with Desmond Ritter. But more importantly, I feel confident in the coaching staff and, and, and them – turning the tables away. Now, as you said, the beginning of the season, eh, you know, Mariota was what he was, but we were gradually moving away and knocking the Matt Ryan dust off what was going on with this team and the type of play they had. And I, like you have been pleasantly surprised by what we see. We know it's a work, you know, it's going to continue the work. It's a work in progress, which is what I was trying to say, but I I'm feeling good about what the possibilities are this upcoming season. Also, given the fact that you don't know what is gonna the other teams are going to look like. As far as I'm concerned, and we don't know what's going to happen with Brady. Having said that, there is the only, we got the only slam dunk locked in starting quarterback that's confirmed. I don't know what Carolina's going to do. I don't know what New Orleans is going to do. Are you sure? Do you feel confident that, you know, Jameis is going to be back. He's going to be healthy. I don't know, but you're feeling good about the the, the young quarterback that the Falcons have been following this team knowing where they were and where they are right now absolutely so I'm, I'm 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 cool with it man i'm looking forward to seeing what they can do this upcoming season arthur smith is is again he's he's continuing the deep dive and making this team his and and again I, I it's rare that we say this at the end of the season but you know this is one of those times where you can go yeah you know what i'm kind of looking forward to seeing what they do next year yeah i really am and and it's been a minute since we've said that
2: looking forward to the offseason. You got some cash to spend. And uh, like I said, you, you're curious as to who uh, has watched the situation here. And says, hey, you know what? I want to be a part of what's happening in Atlanta. I think I can be part of it, get that. get that program uh, up and running and get them back where they need to be. Uh, so you watch to see which free agents are attracted to what's been assembled here right now and want to and come and be a part of it. It's going to be interesting.
1: We want to thank uh, Kyle Sandy, who joined us earlier in the show. Uh, what's the term? We got the spring sessions that are coming up. Uh, But, you know, the King Day games here in town uh, is what we talked about today, and they're special, and they continue to grow around the Atlanta area, especially at the spotlight uh, on a a national scale with the pro games being going on here. So uh, Tiffany Blackman, want to thank her. Um, Terrell Thomas, I had a whole bunch of insignificant. I was waiting for that thing. Now I just hear the music, so we got to get out of here. So I will tell you – jeez, never mind. It is – Greg, we have got the Wade Ford tailgate show coming up next. Enjoy the day of football and a little bit of basketball. Hopefully the Hawks will get a win against the Clippers. Mr. Crenshaw, enjoy your week. All right. And everybody else, you guys have yourself a big day. Sam and Greg, Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game, 92.9thegame.com. And take us with you on the Odyssey app.
5: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you.